0: This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. Hey everybody, Joe Smith here, and welcome back to The Fandalorian. You must reunite it with its own kind. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature? This is the way. Today we're talking The Mandalorian, Season 2, Episode 5, Chapter 13, The Jedi. We'll start out with a spoiler-free review, very short one, followed by a full spoiler talk, and as always, we'll be sure to fire that spoiler can a warning shot across the bow, so let's dive in. This episode was highly anticipated. As you can tell from Donnie and I talking last week, naming an episode The Jedi is going to do that. You also have this build-up to this moment over several episodes, and on top of that, it's Thanksgiving weekend and Disney loves their holidays. So, I've said before that the bar is high, and this time, I mean... The bar has left orbit, and it's on its way to Mars. Uh, Well, this episode was written and directed by Dave Filoni, and apparently he launched a Tesla to clear that bar. Okay, the metaphor is getting a little out of control, but here's the thing, this episode was excellent. Absolutely wonderful. It's an incredible episode, and I'm really at a loss to talk about it spoiler-free, because there's just not that much to say aside from you gotta see it. The episode is incredible. It brings together everything that I really love about The Mandalorian, from the sets to the cinematography, the action, the lore building, the music, and on and on. This episode qualifies for the best of the season so far, maybe even best of the series. It doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or an absolute fanatic. This episode has something for you. I went into this episode excited. I came out of it just as excited. In fact, I really don't have much more that I can say about it without spoilers, so we're going to switch over to spoilers now. That's right, spoilers are coming, so get ready to pause and come back if you haven't seen it. Seriously, you want to know as little as possible going into this episode, so don't play the rest of this until you see it. And also, if you've got a thought about the episode or a favorite scene or anything you want to discuss, Mandalorian, hop on over to our Craft Brews and Geek News Facebook group and put a post down. We love talking about this show and we want to hear your thoughts just don't spoil it for anyone else. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. All right, spoilers are here. Okay, first things first. Holy crap, we've got Ahsoka Tano, we've got HK Assassin Droids, we got Grogu, we got Thrawn! All right, that's out of my system. But there is so much in this episode to geek over. Uh, The Mandalorian always looks great, but Filoni really outdoes himself here. You get these visual stylings of Akira Kurosawa and his samurai films. Huge, heavy influence on this episode. Specifically uh, Kurosawa's film Yojimbo. Kurosawa filmed his movies in a style which feels like every frame is a painting in motion, and Filoni captured that perfectly here. As a reflection of that, you have Filoni's got Ahsoka portrayed as the Ronin, and you have Morgan Elsbeth as the Crime Lord. So we We start out on Corvus, and Ahsoka Tana literally jumps from animation to live action in this awesome Jedi action sequence. She cuts her way through soldiers to a walled city. I have to say, that scene reminds me of Vader's hallway scene in Rogue One. It's stunning, it's fast-paced, it gets the story going right away. We see Ahsoka confronting who we find out later is Magistrate Morgan Elsbeth. She's the current ruler of the city, and she has a mercenary Lieutenant Lang. Ahsoka gives her one day to surrender, smash cut title cards. So, just an awesome start to the whole show. The following morning, we pick up with Mando showing up on Corvus with the child, and as they land, we get the first of several moments in the episode where there's this familial bond between two of them being reinforced. Mando enters the oppressed city, and he's taken to Elsbeth in her garden. I love that garden. It has such a strong visual presence that plays against the drained and lifeless energy of the rest of the city and even the planet. Elspeth offers the Mandalorian a Beskar spear in exchange for killing Ahsoka, and you, you just know Mando's leaving with that spear. So we cut to Mando finding Ahsoka in the forest, and again, we're treated to this fast but equally fun fight sequence between the two. Mando is way out of his depth. He knows it immediately. He stops the fight, and he tells her that Bo-Katan Kree sent him. Ahsoka meets the child, communicates with him using the force. And then she reveals the child's name is Grogu. And I, I, when she said that, I personally felt the disturbance in the internet, as though a million posts suddenly called out his name on social media. So now we know his true name. And I fully await the inevitable silly fandom war that's going to break out between fans about what do we call him now? Are we going to call him from Goku from Dragon Ball Z? Are we going to call him Rogu from American Dad? Either way, he's got a name. So time will tell how we move forward with that. In any case, we find out Grogu was raised and trained at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and after the fall of the Republic, Grogu was evacuated from the Jedi Temple, and he's been suppressing his powers over the years to survive. You know, we get this wonderful sequence of Ahsoka trying to get Grogu to use the force. We get this wonderful moment where Mando knows the rock isn't going to work and he pulls out the little ball from the the control panel on the ship. And again, we have one of those wonderful moments between the two characters. Ahsoka does refuse to train him, wary of the path Grogu could take, you know, due to fear and anger that she senses in him. And for Ahsoka, that makes quite a bit of sense. You know, through her life, Ahsoka has seen Anger lay even the greatest Jedi of her time low. You know, we're reminded that Ahsoka lost Anakin. And is in the process of attempting to recover Ezra, the last time we saw her in Star Wars Rebels. he, You know, is another Force user who needs as much guidance as Grogu does. These connections have driven her over the years, but they've also caused her unimaginable pain. And you can see her own fear of failure. But what I really love about this part is, again, those moments that we get with Mandu and Grogu. We know that Din cares for Grogu at this point, but it's generally presented with a gruff distance. Here, we're shown that that bond has become just as powerful between them as Grogu's connection with the Force. So, back to the story. Mando proposes that in exchange for helping Ahsoka confront Elspeth, she will train Grogu. Then Ahsoka and Mando storm the city in one of the best siege sequences in the show, taking out all the guards, freeing the people. I mean, we get the Ronin and the gunslinger tearing through the city like paper. It's terribly one sided, but deservedly so, and you enjoy every second of it. Ahsoka duels with Elspeth in one of the best fight scenes filmed to date. I keep saying that, but it really is fantastic. And I love that face-off between Mando and Lang. It's full of this electric tension. Ahsoka beats Elspeth naturally and forces her to divulge the location of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. At this point I might have screamed a little watching the show. Thrawn back in the mix. What you know what what's interesting here to me is the way Ahsoka calls Thrawn Elspeth's master, it implies Thrawn is not as missing as he was when Ezra shipped them both off with the Purgles into the unknown at the end of Rebels. Is Thrawn, once again, a major presence in the galaxy the way he was in Zahn's EU books? Is he Moff Gideon's master? And what about Ezra? I mean, there's there's so much that can be taken from just one sentence, and that's absolutely perfect in the Star Wars universe. So after the fight, we get this father-son sequence again with Grogu, which even Ahsoka mentions, you know, how how familiar they become. She still refuses to train Grogu, but gives him the next stop on his journey, the ruins of a Jedi temple on Tython. And there, Grogu may be able to call out to another Jedi through the Force. So this episode is something of a turning point for The Mandalorian. You know, we're ending one part of its mystery, but we're starting a new one using the first as a stepping stone. There's so many great moments that I couldn't possibly talk about them all. But here's the couple things that popped out to me. So first, we get HK Assassin's droids. I love those guys. I love them back in Knights of the Old Republic games with specifically HK-47. And honestly, they're fun to see, but they're not nearly as awesome as as HK-47 or even IG-11. Apparently, the HK-87s aren't as good as taking out meatbags as the older models. Uh, Rosario Dawson absolutely nailed Ahsoka Tana. I mean, it was it was a flawless performance, in my opinion. She she captures everything I love about Ahsoka in Clone Wars. Moments like that little smile when Mando calls her lightsabers a laser sword, for instance, is it, it's exactly what I expect from that character. Or when she you know, taps Grogu on the nose and gives a little smile. I mean, it's just so many flashbacks to to Clone Wars. I think she did an absolutely flawless job portraying Ahsoka. Finally, we do get some nods to the animated series in animal choices. Like there's a Loath Cat in the City, you see Morai the Convour, sitting on a branch in the forest. Little nods like that just tell you not only is Feloni like bringing a Rebels episode to life or a Clone Wars episode to life, he's embracing all the little moments that you can insert into the Mandalorian. So it was it was really fantastic. There's there's so much more I could talk about. I mean we can talk about how Michael Bain is doing an excellent job presenting himself as Lang, and it cracks me up that he's directing around a robot to assassinate people when he was you know the original time traveler from the terminator fighting against that robot i mean there's all those kinds of things but but i'm going to wrap it up here because i want to hear what you think about this episode hop into our facebook group craft Brews and geek news tell us what easter eggs you found in this episode tell us what you really loved about it What tell us what you didn't like about it because we're just as curious either way thank you so much for listening and i hope you're enjoying the show as much as we are have a great one and we'll talk at you at the next one You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, craft brews and geek news. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers.